All right. Hey, good morning. We are in our third week of our Fork in the Road series. Uh, thanks again so much for joining us online. It's great to have you there, here. Uh, we do want to let you know, um, if you haven't had an opportunity yet, you can go to our Facebook page or our Facebook group um, or our website. We've placed a video on there um, talking about the fact that now as a county, uh, we have been moved into phase two by the state government. So that's good. So what that means is as a church, uh, we can begin the process of what it looks like to relaunch. And so there's a video you can go there. Uh, you can watch it. We've also posted it there if you'd rather read it and not listen to us. Um, we won't take it too much at offense that you don't want to listen to our video. But anyway, I uh, just want to walk you through what it is that we're looking at doing and, and kind of that next phase for us as we step into stage two as a church, uh, as the government now has said we're in phase number two. So yay, lots of number twos there. Anyway, uh, during this series, uh, what we have uncovered is that, that we want to find the answers to know how God, what, what God's will is for our life. We, we want to know what his direction is for us. We want to we know what it is he wants us to do. We, under, we want to understand, and we understand that the decisions that we make today will determine the stories and the destination for tomorrow. We get to decide right now, in our lives, all of these times we reach a fork in the road, we get to make decisions. And in this series, what we're talking about is looking at how can we be successful at making those decisions. So we're going to play a little game. We're going to play a little game. Uh, can we bring the lights up in the room? Because there's a few in the room that I can actually see, so we'll make those in the room play of the game. Um, we're going to play a little game, and the game is going to be called Fork in the Road. The way it works is this. If you were, let's just say that there was a job that was offered to you in another city. Job offered to you in another city. It's a city that you like, but the city has to be located 12 hours away, at least a 12-hour drive away. You're going to be doing the exact same job that you're doing right now, but it comes with a $12,000 raise. How many of you are going to take that job? Same job, but in a different city, 12 hours away, 12000 How many of you are taking that job? Okay, I can't see you at home. I'm going to assume we've got a couple hands. Okay, we've got a couple here in the room. Uh, okay, how about this? What, what if it's the same offer, but it's 24000 Anybody moving? Anybody moving at 24000 if you, were at, if you were at 12, we're just going to assume you're at 24 as well. 50,000? Who's moving at 50? $50,000, same jobs, just 12. 100,000. Who is moving at 100,000? No? Okay. Last week we discussed that one of the great difficulties we have when it comes to deciding is, is that we have so many options when it comes to choosing. We have so many options that we get to choose from. And, and so rather than just having a few, it's almost like we have unlimited choices and it makes it really tough sometimes to choose. Another reason why it's really hard for us to make decisions and decide when we come to the fork in the road is, is that we face what's known as the illusion of perfection. It's a super common issue that a lot of people face right now and that a lot of us have to deal with that maybe we haven't always had to deal with. For example, if you think about it, when, when I was growing up, if I, if I did really well in a, a concert, which concert's probably a bad example. I played like three instruments, never very well. But let's say when I was growing up, let's say I was in a game, I played a, played a basketball game, if I did really, really well, my parents didn't go home and post about it on the internet. They didn't post about it on Facebook. There were no pictures. There was nothing. And because they didn't go home and post about how well their kid just did, it meant that none of my parents' friends had to see how their kids weren't as good as my parents' 
kid, right? And so it didn't force my parents' friends to suddenly have to figure out what they were going to post about how impressive their kid was to kind of match. Never once growing up did my mom ever stress about whether or not her meatloaf was beautiful enough because she wasn't having to compete with my buddy's mom who had just posted something on Instagram about her perfectly braised pork chops. Wasn't a thing. But today, because of the, what social media allows us to do, is we find ourselves sometimes living in, in this illusion of, per, per, illusion of perfection. I should not mess up on the word perfection. Terrible word to mess up on. But what happens is we get to see these snapshots of the lives of other people. We get these little quick looks at perfect. And so we find ourselves comparing to, to the highlight reels of everybody else, and yet we know all of the behind the scenes in our own lives. And we find ourselves concluding that, that our life is, is just not very good, and we compare it to other people, and they look perfect, and we don't look perfect, and so we're just, it, it's confusing, and we begin to look at somebody, and we're like, well, there she is, and she's, she's been working out, and she's all perfect, and we've got a, the perfect little workout and outfit on, and there's the perfect little pose again, and oh, there he is in another perfect relationship, or there he is, and is out on another perfect date and another perfect meal. And, and then we start choosing what we're going to do, and, and we feel like we've got to get a perfect meal or, or pick the perfect outfit. Do we need to stop? You don't? I'm going to keep going. They said I can keep going. Well, we won't edit that out, I guess. Anyway, now they're all like, go like, go and like, keep going like this. They're like, you've got to practice like we're going to be live. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Clearly, I'm not worried about the illusion of perfection, because I shouldn't have stopped. Uh, but we have this feeling like that we've got to be perfect, that we have to have the perfect relationship, and, and the right genes, and the right selfies, and we don't want to miss out on all of these things. And then what happens is, because of that desire for perfection, we begin to think we have to get perfectly into the will of God, that we have to not mess it up. And so then sometimes as followers of Jesus, we get, we get paralyzed to choose, we get paralyzed to make decisions out of fear of failure to not get it right. We can get scared to not, to not miss out and st- on God's perfect will, and we get this illusion of perfection. And we become afraid of not having the perfect decision, and we get pulled into some very incorrect thinking. And the incorrect thinking is that sometimes we get locked in that God is going to show us exactly what to do. Sometimes we think that there will be these moments where there's no doubt in our mind, where we're 100% sure, where where there's not going to be any obstacles if we just followed what God wanted us to do. And if we're a follower of Jesus, we feel like we should have this perfect idea of what he wants us to do. And, And sometimes that will happen. There will be moments in your life sometimes where it's like, God is like, this is it. Do that. That is so... But oftentimes when we're making decisions at a fork in the road, that's oftentimes not the reality that we experience. In fact, there's one of the early leaders in, in the church uh, who wrote a lot of letters to lots of the different churches. And, and when you read those letters, there's a bunch of times he didn't know what to do. Oftentimes it wasn't clear what the next step was going to be. His name was Paul. And if there was anybody that was ever going to understand what God wanted him to do, exactly what God wanted, it would have been Paul. I mean, Paul's the guy that wrote a majority of the New Testament. Paul is a guy that had some encounters with God that were just out of this world, pretty much. They're just amazing. Paul started all kinds of churches. And so if there was a guy that was going to come at it and, and that he was going to truly know every moment what God wanted him to do and have all of the insight, it would have been Paul. 
But listen to these verses. They're on, they're on the message notes. They're going to be on the screen behind me. But listen to what Paul wrote, and then think about the idea of having everything lined up and getting exactly right. Paul writes this. He says, perhaps, just perhaps, just we're going to come to that. It's, perhaps I will stay with you for a while, or even spend the winter, so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. Perhaps. It does not sound like a guy that has a super confident plan. Right? It's, it's almost like he's like, well, maybe I'll stay for a while. I mean, it, it could happen. And then he uses the word, wherever I go. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a solid itinerary. I mean, why would he say wherever? Because he doesn't really have a clue what it's going to be. And it's not that he's confused. He just, it's not all lined out. Then we keep reading. It says this. For I do not want to see you, oh wait, for I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. He, he's hoping it works out. It, it might happen. There's a chance. If God lets it. This, this is not a guy that has it all locked in. He doesn't have the plan all laid out. He knows that God is going to direct, but he doesn't know everything that God wants him to do in this moment. And he's kind of like, well, if I get to, if I can, we're going to make some plot. He doesn't know. Maybe God will permit. Then we keep reading. He wraps it up and he says, but I will stay at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened, opened to me and there are many who oppose me. Sometimes we think if it's the exact right plan, everything's going to work out. And you know, what Paul is saying is, things are going well, but people are opposing me. And sometimes we think, well, if I didn't, if, if, if there's opposition, I must have made the wrong choice. Or if there's opposition in this direction, I better quickly change. Paul is like, listen, I don't, he's like, I don't, I don't get it all. I don't have it all. I don't, I don't always know everything that's going to come. I don't understand all of the details. And yet what Paul was able to do was he able to serve God in an effective manner. Even in the midst of some perhaps and in the midst of some maybes, in the midst of some wherevers. And maybe in your life there's those moments where you experience those, well, perhaps, or, or maybe, or, or what if, or, or it could happen. Because God doesn't always just lay out the future. He doesn't show us all of the details. And we can certainly make plans, and we can plan for things and look for things, but ultimately the Lord is going to help us step by step. And sometimes it's not going to be completely clear, and sometimes God is is going to want to help train us into the process of beginning to make decisions. And most of the time what we want is we want God just to say, that's what you do, right there, go do that. We want God to be really obvious and say, show me exactly what to do. Show me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. But what we discovered last week And what we saw last week is that who you are is way more important than what you do. We discussed that that why we take an action needs to be settled before what that action actually is. That, That when we're becoming the right who, God will help us make the right choice. And that when we're living the right why, it will be easier to discern the right what. So here's where I hope we get today. That as much as, I want, want, as much as we want God to show us exactly what to do, I think there's some times where God's not actually going to just show us what it is. He doesn't always specifically tell you, go do this. I mean, there's clearly some things in the Bible that are like, follow these guidelines, follow this in your life. But God's desire for us oftentimes 
as we're planning and as we're moving and at what we want to take home today and really what I hope you get as we talk about this this morning is I hope that you begin discovering directional wisdom and that that's a really our best move. Because God, again, is not always going to tell you exactly what to do. Sometimes he's just simply going to give you the wisdom to decide. And there are times where, where he's going to show you which direction to go, and then there's other times where God's going to say, I want you to use the wisdom that I've made available to you. So as those perhaps moments and those whenever moments, as those begin to roll out, God wants us to use the wisdom, and so we have to pursue that wisdom, and we have to discover that wisdom that he's made available to us. So my hope today is that you begin to recognize that that wisdom is there, that God wants to provide us wisdom to choose and wisdom to discern and wisdom to find direction. And really, wisdom is one of the most important traits that we can pursue and allow to be a part of who we are. And our Heavenly Father says He wants to give it to us. There's a guy by the name of Solomon in the Old Testament, and that's exactly what he did. He asked for it. Quick little Bible story. Solomon becomes king of Israel. And as you become the king of Israel, one of the things that you would do is that you would offer a bull as a burnt sacrifice, basically saying, God, thank you so much for this position. I'm honoring you with this. Well, Solomon decided he wanted to be extravagant in his worship and in his praise and in his thanks for God for giving him this position. And so instead of sacrificing one bull, Solomon sacrificed a thousand bulls. That's a lot of bull. Anyway, God was so moved by this act of worship that in a dream, he approached Solomon or came to Solomon and said, listen, I will give you whatever you want. God was so moved by his generosity of this incredible sacrifice of this thousand bulls. God says, I will give you anything you want. And Solomon doesn't ask for riches. He doesn't ask for power. He doesn't ask that God would destroy his enemies. He says, God, I want you to help me be a good king. God, give me wisdom to know what's right. Give me wisdom that will help me make good decisions. Give me wisdom that will help me honor you as I serve as king. And God said, because you didn't ask for all of those other things, but because you asked that I would give you wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom, and then I'm going to bless you with all the other stuff. And so Solomon ends up getting money, and he gets power, and he gets authority, but ultimately God gives him wisdom. And so for a guy that has all of those things, including wisdom, he has everything. He then gives us this advice. Solomon says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. This is a guy who has everything. And he says the most important action that you can take, the thing you can do above everything else, is gain wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Develop good judgment. Whatever you're going to do, pursue that wisdom. Now, in life, you don't have to live very long. It, it, it probably by, by 18 or 25 or by 30 years old. You have these moments. You don't have to live very old for this to happen. Where there's that moment where you say to yourself, Oh my, I wish I knew then what I know now. I mean, if you're an 18-year-old, you're like, if I had known back in middle school what I know now, I would have done middle school. And when you're 25, you look at high school and you're like, if I would have known then what I know now. And when you're 30, you look at 20 and you're like, if I would have known. Anytime we say, if I had known then, then I would have done something different. If I knew then what I know now. And basically, anytime we say, if I knew then, I would have done it. We're describing wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to make the right option. It's the ability to know now what to do. 
to look at a situation and say, what makes the most sense in this situation? What's the step, what are the decisions that I should make that will take me, that will get me to the end result that I desire? Because again, God's not always just going to say, this is what you need to do. Turn left, turn right. God wants to give us the wisdom to make those decisions, to decide. And we can always say, God, show me what to do. God, give me the direction that you want me to take. But sometimes God is going to say, I've given you the wisdom to decide. And since that's the case, today what I want us to really uncover is how do we begin to pursue discernment over decisions? How do we pursue and begin to develop that discernment that comes out of wisdom for the decisions that need to happen? So rather than always tell, God always saying, here's what you got to do, and here's where you got to go, and this is what... God wants to give us the ability to grow our minds and to establish patterns and to develop wisdom and develop discernment. Now, I, I don't know if this has ever happened. I'm not sure if you've ever helped anybody learn to drive. Teaching somebody how to, how to drive literally will change your life. And mostly you have great appreciation that you're still alive when it's over. And, and you develop the ability to pray a lot more when you're teaching somebody to drive. But, but when you're teaching somebody to drive, what you can't teach somebody to drive, you can't teach them how to make every corner. There's no way to drive everywhere they're ever going to go and say, okay, on this turn, you have to take it this way. And on this turn, you can't teach them that. You can't set up every possible merging situation. You can't set up all... You have to begin to teach them how to think about it, how to discern it, how to make wise decisions when it's choosing your speed, how to make wise decisions with how much to turn the wheel in certain situations, or as you enter the freeway here, like you can't get into all those, so you have to speak and you have to train it in a grander scheme. You have to teach discernment and wisdom. And so in our lives, it's the same way. God wants to help us learn discernment so that as we hit different situations and as we come across different forks in the road, we, we have these things in place that will allow us to make those decisions. So I want to give you three simple thoughts. Three things that will, that will really guide us to discover God's wisdom in our lives. That will really prepare us to make decisions as we arrive at those different forks in the road. The first thought is this. The first thought is to begin to make the decision to walk with those you want to be like. This, this doesn't mean walk with those that you are like. This is walk with those that you want to be like. Spend time with them. Live life with them. Hang around them. Connect with people that are living, that are experienced, that are, that are achieving what you want your life to look like. Back to Solomon. This is what he told us. Solomon said this. He said, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise. He's saying, do life with the wise, connect with, travel each of your days with people that make solid decisions. He's not just saying, go ask wise people things, which is fine, we're going to talk about it. He's saying, plug yourself into their life, come alongside of them anytime they'll let you, be alongside of them for days, for weeks, for years, glean, learn all you can from them. This is, this is part of the reasons that we have connect groups. It's so that we can connect together, so you can bump into people that are wise that you can learn from. We all need this. If we're going to be strong followers of Jesus, if we're going to be consistent in our lives, we have to connect. We have to pursue those that are wise, because literally one hour a week is not enough. Just showing up on a Sunday morning, watching online, and soon when we get to come back, 
that's not enough to help us overcome all that culture and all that the world tries to pull our life towards. Because there are so many ways that we can mess up our lives. Right? We can mess up our lives with our finances. We can mess up our lives with a hobby or with our health or with our career. We can mess up our life as we pursue certain entertainment. And if we hang out with people that, that blow all their money, that are that have spent it on everything that's short-term and immediate gratification, and people that are always using their money for selfish choices, pretty soon we will spend our money in the same way, and together you can be broke. I mean, I think back in my life, I think back to all of the times when I've done something really dumb and destructive that likely caused pain for myself and for others. When I think about those moments... I was pretty much always around other people that were making foolish choices. It's really actually pretty tough to choose foolish options when you're walking with wise people. When you're hanging around with wise people, you just tend to make better decisions. Men, when we hang out with other men that are, that are kind to their wives and, and take care of their kids and act with integrity and take pride in working hard, we will begin to take on those same qualities. And when we watch parents that take care, or that are raising their kids and their kids are behaving ways that we want our kids to behave, walk with those parents. Come along those side of those people that are doing what you want to do. They've, they've been wise enough to get there and begin to follow and be around them and discover what it is that they do and how their kids got there and how they got their kids to develop those ways. And as you're around, you'll begin to see those things develop in your own kids. And if you see somebody that's successful, that person has very likely been walking with wise people that helped get them there. And if you ever see somebody that can't seem to make wise decisions, that always seems to have bad luck, and the people around them seem to always have the same bad luck and the same inability to make wise decisions, it's because they're leaning into each other. And Solomon says, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And when we walk through life, we need to begin to grow our discernment, discover that wisdom that others can help pour into us, and it allows us to begin to select a path when we reach that fork in the road. Then the second action that we need to pursue is begin to determine and begin to ask those who know more. Just simply ask those who know more for their wisdom. Let them pour into us, including ask God to help us know more. Uh, in the book of James, James 1.5, there's a great verse there that talks about what this can be for us. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you're a parent, there's this really funny thing happens when your kids are young. Well, it's not funny when your kids are young. It happens as they get older. But this thing happens when your kids are young. You're their hero. When your kids are young, you know everything. When your kids are young, they think that you've got the answers to every question that might pop up into their head. If it comes into their head, they assume they can ask it, and they think you're going to know. Right? Why is the sky blue? How do you make paper? Where do lions sleep? Can Wonder Woman beat Bionic Woman? Dad, why, why does hair grow out of your ears and nose? Like, they think you know everything. They think you can answer all of those, and so they just ask you whatever's on their, on their mind, thinking you'll know. And, and then as your kids get a little bit older and they become teenagers, you become stupid, and you don't know anything, and you're an idiot, and they, they stop asking you questions about what do you know. There's not as much interest anymore in, in, in your advice, and pretty much it's oftentimes rejected. And the, and the questions shift from, what do you know? The questions turn more to, can I have money, and can I borrow the car, and 
can my friends come over and hey, when you die, how much inheritance do I get? And, and are you feeling healthy? You know, like those kind of questions start to roll out. Now, now I've been told that, that as my kids get older, I will start to get smarter again. And that one day, when life gets messy or hard, then the kids start like, oh, hey, maybe mom and dad knew more than we thought, and it's a safe place again. I, I, I assume that's going to happen. But what happens is so oftentimes we treat God the same way. And we, ask, we need to ask God for wisdom, and then we need to spend time with God and not treat God like we're a teenager. Only asking God to give us stuff. Hey, can I have that? Can I have this? Can I have that? But saying, God, would you give me the wisdom to be able to direct my life, to be able to do the things that you would call me to do? God, help me to walk with the wise. And God says a part of walking, uh, gaining wisdom is to be around those that have wisdom and then ask them. Ask them to help pour into your life. And a part of that process is God says, listen, be around other people. Walk with the wise so that when you're around them, you can ask them that you can gain their wisdom. Ask for their wisdom. Listen for them. And any time that somebody is wise and you hear them say, if I had known then what I know now, that's the moment where you start listening. People that are doing what you want to be doing, as soon as they say that, as soon as they say, oh, if I had known then what I know now, pay attention. Because they might be speaking about a financial dilemma that, that they've gone through that you're about to face. Or maybe, they, they're, maybe they're dealing with parents that are a little get, getting a little bit older, and now you're having to make new decisions for, for parents that are getting older. And so, like, what, how, talk to me. Talk to others about how they've wrestled through decisions with dealing with their kids. Be open and listen to how they've managed work or how they've dealt with family or what they've done for hobbies. You don't have to figure life out all on your own. God wants to help you develop discernment, develop wisdom, and gain it from those that are around you. This is a side note. Wise people will typically share with you what they've discovered. If they sense that you are genuinely interested in learning what they have to say. If you truly look to those that know more and ask for wisdom, oftentimes they will pour back into your life. Then the last step when it comes to pursuing discernment is to courageously decide. Courageously make decisions. We're going we're gonna to walk with the wise. We're going to ask those that know more. We're going to ask God for wisdom. And then we're going to courageously make decisions. We're going to walk with the wise. We're going to ask the people that know more. And then we're going to make decisions. If you're old enough, you remember Karate Kid. And in Karate Kid, we uncover a very deep theological truth in a very easy-to-understand word picture. If you remember it, there's this incredible scene where, where Mr. Miyagi approaches Daniel-san. And he begins to explain to Daniel, he's like, Listen, Daniel, when you're walking down the road, you can either walk on the right side and you'll be safe, or, or, or you can walk down the left side and you'll be safe. But if you walk down the middle, he says, squished like grape. You can walk down the right and you'll be safe. You can walk down the left and you'll be safe. You walk down the middle and you'll be squished like grape. Now, some of you are not old enough to remember that classic line. You've got some time. Everything's not back open. Go re- watch that. But it's amazing advice. He's saying you've got to make a decision. You can't just stay in the middle. And he's saying, listen, don't be afraid to make a, make a mistake. I mean, the biggest mistake you can make is just walking down the middle. You may not feel like you're making a mistake by make, not making a decision, but, but the choosing nothing will ultimately destroy you. 
And so oftentimes we have the question of, do I know that this is from God? And is God opening this door? Is this the devil leading me to something? Because oftentimes the, the Bible will speak to so much of life, but it doesn't speak to everything in life. And sometimes what God wants us to do is to take, take the, the concepts that he gives us in Scripture and the things that there are, there are certainly things that God has told us not to do, those things we should not do. And there are certainly things that God tells us that we should always do, and we should always do that. But there will be moments that we will come to where, where maybe the Bible isn't really clear on how we handle that. There might be some, something that we're struggling with morally or something where we're like, what's the scriptural direction for this or whatever. There will be times where the Bible hasn't spoken to whether you should take that job or not. And God wants to give you the wisdom to decide within the parameters of what God has told us to do and within the parameters of what he's told us not to do. He wants us to not act like programmed robots. God has given us the ability, the freedom to make choices and to decide. Literally, he loved you so much that he has given you the freedom to make different choices in life. I mean, you go back to the very basic fundamental level. God gave you the choice to follow him. God gives us the ability to decide if that's what we want to do in our life. God gives us the opportunity to choose at that fork in the road to say, which direction am I going to take? And when it comes to making decisions, we don't need to be afraid. We look to what God says in his word. We trust the fact that he's given us wisdom. We lean into those that are around us, and then we make decisions. Listen to what Paul wrote. Paul wrote this. He said, he said so when, uh, I'll try it again. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. Now, now look, they're, they're in a location, and then they thought it best to leave, right? They could stand it no longer, so they left. Notice what he doesn't mention. He doesn't mention, uh, so we could stand it no longer, and then God's voice came down. He doesn't say all of a sudden there was a writing on the wall, or that I was eating my vegetable soup, and, and all of a sudden the alphabets just lined up that said, you can go now. None of that happened. What did he say? He said, we thought. We thought it best. We made a decision. We considered. We thought, and then we thought that this was the best thing to do. He didn't say God directed. He didn't say, he just said he made a decision. He trusted the fact that God had given him wisdom. And if we're willing to, from time to time to make mistakes and recognize that sometimes when we make a decision and we make a mistake and it doesn't totally work out, it's just creating more wisdom. I mean, remember the last time you picked the wrong meal and it didn't taste good? Or, or maybe it made you feel sick? You gained wisdom. You didn't order it the next time. Like, that's how it works. I had a job when I was 17 years old cleaning the butcher department after the butchers had all been done for the day. And they cleaned up nothing. It was really good money for a 17-year-old, but it was gross. It was disgusting. It wasn't necessarily a mistake, but I knew it wasn't a good fit. I knew I didn't want to do it very long. So I gained the wisdom to say, I better work hard at school because I don't want to clean the butcher shop for the rest of my life. Maybe it's when it comes to disciplining your kids. Maybe you try something and it doesn't work very well. You gain some wisdom. 
Now you can improve. You, your discernment has been growing. And so lean into that discernment. Lean into the wisdom that God wants to give you and then courageously decide what you're going to do next. Choose the way that you're going to go. Begin to practice with those small decisions. Begin to gain wisdom. Get better at making decisions. Get better at making those choices. Walk with the wise. Ask those that know more than you. Ask God for wisdom. And then courageously make decisions as you come to those different fork-in-the-road moments. And trust that God has given you the wisdom to make those decisions as you reach those different moments. As you begin to develop that ability to discern. And you begin to lean into God, trust Him, and recognize that oftentimes... He may not say, go left, go right. Oftentimes he will say, understand who I am, understand my nature, understand what I've said in the past, and then you and I get to use the discernment that God has given us to make that call at the fork in the road. And every week we want to provide you with some practical next steps. So there's a place on there where you can really mark and think and reflect on what you've heard and consider for yourself and really determine what's your next step going to be. It's a great opportunity for you to begin to think, what is it that I need to do? How can I begin to pursue wisdom, develop the ability to discern? So for you, what's your next step? Maybe your next step is to realize it's okay to not always know exactly what to do. Maybe your next step is to evaluate those that you walk with and if they look like what you want to be. Maybe your next step is to take your questions to God and to those who know more than you. Maybe your next step is not to feel failure, make decisions, and learn that you're able. Whatever it is, I would just encourage you to make that decision, begin to lean into God, begin to trust that He wants to give you the wisdom to make those critical decisions in life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your love for us. God, thank you that, you that you've equipped us and that you've provided us with the ability to, to learn and to discern and to grow in our wisdom. God, help us to pursue the things that will help us to grow, to, to do the things that need to help happen so that our discernment will be greater, that we'll be able to understand who you are and what you are and what you, what you have called us to do and to not do and then to begin to recognize that we can make some decisions in life inside of those parameters. God, help us to lean into those around us that are wiser than us. Help us to be open to what they say. God, we just pray that you would continue to guide as we make so many critical decisions right now in life. That you would help us to have wisdom and discernment. That you would help us lean into your wisdom as how, how can we love people better? How can we be kinder to people? How can we be more gracious? How can we learn? How can we discover what's going on so that we can be better at the way that we live in this world? We love you. In Jesus' name.